My name is Kelly Bramblett, and I am the host of the Alchemy of the Phoenix podcast show, which is named after my debut book, The Alchemy of the Phoenix, From the Ashes of Trauma to the Light of Love. My mission, passion, and purpose is to help spread a message of hope to the hopeless and inspire others to heal the collective by first healing themselves. I am a trauma support specialist using my knowledge to support and guide my clients to healing which I do through my one-on-one trauma recovery, mindset, and shadow work coaching programs. In addition to this, I'm a two-time best-selling author and spiritual mentor who has had the profound honor of working with people worldwide, helping them to live their best, most joyous, and fulfilling lives. You can learn more about my books, my programs, and my services by visiting my website at www.kellybramblett.com. So without any further ado, let's jump into this Alchemy of the Phoenix podcast episode. Before you jump into this new podcast episode, I want to ask you a quick question first. Are you ready for more in 2024? More joy, more abundance, more self-love, more health and vitality, and more positive experiences? If this is you knowing you are destined for more and ready to take the bold step towards receiving all you are worthy of, I've created the perfect eight-week shadow work course just for you, starting January the 15th, 2024. This is not your surface level, run-of-the-mill shadow work class. This is an intensive deep dive into the shadow with me supporting, coaching, and guiding you the whole way in a group setting. Best of all, this is priced at only $188 with the option to pay $94 at the time of enrollment and the remaining $94 mid-February. For this amazing price, you will receive eight shadow work classes based on weekly themes, eight beautifully designed workbooks for you to work through during the week, eight group coaching sessions, the support and love of a community setting within the Facebook shadow work course group, and live Q&As with me throughout the entire eight weeks. Every person who participates will also receive a certificate of completion upon finishing this eight-week course, digging in and doing your work. When I say I went deep with this course, I mean I went deep. You will be exploring topics like how to prepare the body and mind for shadow work, how to create your unique shadow work blueprint, comparing core events to current unhelpful patterns, cycles, and habits. You'll learn how to alchemize heavy energy through self-acceptance and love, explore how your shadow affects your relationships, and so much more. For all the nitty-gritty details, look for the link below or visit my website at www.kellybramblett.com. So just my first and last name.com and look for the coaching and service tab and you will find all the information there. I cannot wait to see you. Hello. 
hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the Alchemy of the Phoenix podcast show. So first thing I want to say is that I have been recording these all day today and I have three dogs who insist on tip-tapping, tip-tapping around while I am recording and at this point I'm done fighting it and I feel like a few taps in the background isn't going to hurt anyone and I'm not willing to kennel them while I work because I just love them too much to do that. So just going into this, please excuse the little tip and taps that you hear. I'm trying my best to get them to stay calm and stop walking all over my floors, but I can only do so much. So welcome to dog mom life, right? especially when you work from home and you are constantly recording and on camera. Sometimes the dogs just have to make their presence known and I'm just going to roll with it. So with that being said, let me introduce you to this amazing and exciting episode. Today is a solo episode where I am going to be sharing with you something that's actually quite life-changing if you apply these to your life. This is the 12 Universal Laws, and I'm going to be sharing with you how you can actually apply these to your life. Uh, Some of the benefits of this are better alignment with yourself, better understanding of the workings of the universe, a better ability to manifest. We've all heard about the law of attraction, but there are 12 important laws that affect how well we're able to consciously manifest. Understanding the universal laws and how to apply them will help you live a more fulfilling and aligned life. The 12 universal laws are unchanging and are concepts that our ancient ancestors seem to understand intuitively. I'm going to go over and give you a brief description of each so you have an understanding of how it works. And then I'm going to tell you how you can actually apply this to your life. The difference between being knowledgeable and being wise is applying what we've learned to our actual lives. Anybody can collect information. The brain is a computer. It's actually made to collect information. So anybody's and everybody has the ability to collect and retain facts and information and but it doesn't do much good if we are just holding on to information and knowledge that we aren't actively applying to our lives that's when it becomes wisdom so that's why i always try to provide not just information for you guys but also the application of it so that you can apply these things to your life and see shift happen for yourself So the first law is the law of oneness. The law of oneness states that everything in the universe is interconnected. We are all connected through divine energy because we are all source energy being expressed uniquely. Because we each have individual experiences, our ideas, opinions, and perceptions will be different, which gives the illusion of separateness. This is true for everything held within the universe, living or non-living. It is all simply a unique expression of source energy. We are one with each other and we are one with every single other thing in this universe as well. How can you apply the law of oneness to your life? The ego mind likes to try to convince you that you are separate from everybody else. But this is an illusion of the human mind. 
When you stop seeing yourself as different from others, compassion comes easily, even towards those who view things differently than you. Knowing how to see things more compassionately when triggered by the ideas, actions, or opinions of others will help you connect more deeply to this ancient law. So we're all having these unique experiences. And that really leads us to believe that we are all separated from each other. But in truth, we are all from the same source energy being expressed in unique ways. And when we remember that, we can more easily connect to compassion. The second law, the law of vibration. The law of vibration states that everything, including you, is moving energy and has a unique vibrational frequency. This law is closely related to the law of attraction. Raising your vibrational frequency will help you attract more positive experiences. To apply the law of vibration, you will want to do things that naturally raise your vibrational frequency. The best way to raise your vibrational frequency is to pay attention to what brings you joy and actively choose those things. Singing, dancing, meditation, inner work, social activities, and play are all examples of activities that can help raise your vibration. In addition to this, having a daily spiritual or personal development practice, leaning into the energy of gratitude as often as possible. What do I mean when I say as often as possible? Well, I like to make a game out of it. I like to wake up in the morning and say, how many things can I find to be truly thankful for today? While remembering that there's nothing too small to show gratitude towards. And in doing that, it's amazing The universe plays along with me and offers me more and more things that I can be grateful for. The next universal law is the law of correspondence. So the definition of correspondence is a close similarity, connection, or equivalence. This law can be a little tricky, so I feel like the definition helps. The law of correspondence is about the patterns presented throughout all threads of the universe. On a personal level, it means that your outer world reflects your inner world and offers you the opportunity for a deeper understanding of self through observation of your subconscious thinking, which leads you to awareness. So how can you apply this? It's a very vague law. I know this one's a bit more abstract. So it requires a little bit more abstract thinking. So the best way you can apply the law of correspondence is to do your shadow work. Look at where your thinking is creating undesirable cycles and patterns in your life and then intentionally choose more serving thoughts. Shadow work is so important. Why? Well, how about this crazy statistic? About 95% of the thoughts that you're thinking are happening on a subconscious level, meaning you have no idea. And we know that our thoughts create our reality, especially when we start talking about the law of attraction next. So this is a universal law. Law of attraction isn't something you practice. It's not something you do. It's a law like the law of gravity. You don't have to believe in it for it to work. And whether you realize it or not, you're constantly manifesting. It doesn't mean that you're constantly manifesting something you desire. But believe me, you're constantly manifesting whatever your experience 
is reflecting to you. So shadow work is so important because it helps us to dig out that subconscious thinking and look at what thoughts are helping to create the patterns and cycles that we're living in that are not serving to us. If you need some help with shadow work, this is one of the things I specialize in along with trauma recovery work, which these two things are very closely related because our stored trauma and all the limiting beliefs and conditioned thinking is also a part of our shadow self. So this is a service that I offer along with my trauma recovery work, shadow work coaching. It's a three-month program for those who are really ready to take the deep dive and step back into the driver's seat through shadow work. And in doing so, that deeper awareness really does help to bring about intentionality in your thoughts so that you can choose thoughts that are going to be more serving to you. So the next law, which I touched on already, which almost everybody knows about because it is so, so buzzy these days, is the law of attraction. Believe it or not, I'm actually also a law of attraction practitioner, or at least I have a certification for that. Now, I don't actively market myself in this way or market my services. Rather, it's something that's woven in into the very fabric of my coaching style. So the law of attraction states that like energy attracts like energy. The law of vibration, which we talked about earlier, is essential for conscious manifestation when working with the law of attraction because you can only attract what you are a vibrational match for. So if you're trying to manifest a million dollars and you are coming from an energy of lack or disbelief or having no faith, or you're always worrying about money, which is the manifestation of the lack mindset, it is impossible for you to attract a million dollars. The same is true with anything. If you're trying to attract a partner, but you're living in your wounding, you're participating in toxic cycles, you very well may attract a partner, but that partner is going to mirror your energetic vibrational frequency, which means they too are probably going to be participating in toxic cycles and probably not the healthiest relationship that you're trying to manifest. So how can you apply the law of attraction to your life? Working to apply the other 11 universal laws is the best way to work with the law of attraction. As you live by these laws, you automatically become a vibrational match for joy, love, abundance, and goodness. And as I always say, joy is the ultimate creator. I know we hear so much about law of attraction. Make your vision board, say your affirmations, do your mantras, write out in detail what it is you're trying to manifest, manifest with the new moon. There's all different techniques. These are just tools. These are just tools to help us get into this joyous, clear, focused state. Because getting clear on what you want to manifest is a super important part of the process. Now, I have done a ton of other podcasts and written a lot of blogs on just law of attraction, law of attraction techniques. So if you haven't heard those, if you're not as familiar, definitely go and check those out where you will get more of those tools that I'm discussing. But ultimately, if you're working with these other 11 laws and you are feeling good naturally without needing to intend any of it, you're going to begin to attract situations that are desirable for you, that bring you joy and happiness, 
That's how you become a vibrational match. The next universal law is the law of inspired action, which is also so important when we're talking about manifesting because it's so wonderful to have clarity. But if you're just sitting around not doing a single thing, it's likely not going to come into your experience. The law of inspired action is precisely how it sounds and is about taking inspired action toward your goals and desires. Fear often causes us to freeze and not take action, but as you deepen your intuition and learn to trust yourself, you will feel more comfortable moving in faith. The universe absolutely loves it when we're willing to take that leap of faith without seeing the net below us, just knowing that that net's going to be there and responds accordingly. So how can you apply the law of inspired action? If you want a new job, but you've yet to look for one or apply, the likelihood of a new job falling into your lap is really, really low. This exemplifies why the law of inspired action is so important. You have to be willing to take action towards achieving your goals. Because this can be scary, especially for the ego who feels change is a threat and dangerous, you will want to turn inward and listen for what action to take. The more you practice, the easier it will be to hear the voice of your higher self guiding you. Another really great tool for this inward turning to gain wisdom and insight is the heart-mind meditation. And I can't remember what I've named it on this podcast. I'll maybe leave a link for you. But there's a meditation, and I only have about five meditations, so it will be easy to find, that helps connect you to your heart space so that you can gain clarity and wisdom outside of the voice of your ego, trauma, wounding, condition, and limiting thinking. And I also have it available on the free resource page on my website, www.kellybramblett.com backslash resources. You do need to create a free account and then you have access to so many tools on this site, videos, uh, mini classes, meditations with this one being included and so much more. So if you haven't had a chance, definitely pop over and check that out and you'll find a great meditation to really help you tune in so that you are clear on what inspired action is best for you to take. All right, moving on, the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. Energy is in a constant state of transmutation. It's always moving and changing, which means things in our own experience are also always moving, shifting, and changing. As the popular saying goes, the only constant in this world is change. We can always bank on it. So as far as the application of this particular law, it's important to understand That empowerment comes with understanding this law because you realize you can change something for the better if it's not as you would like it to be. You can influence the energy of a room or situation by staying in your power and being intentional about your own energy, using it to alchemize the energy around you. Alchemy is a huge theme for me in my work, in my life, because I have had to work so hard at alchemizing so much trauma from my childhood. 
Um, it's even in the name of my very first book, The Alchemy of the Phoenix, From the Ashes of Trauma to the Light of Love, which is literally my story in the first part. And then in the second part, I share exactly the steps I took to alchemize that energy of trauma into something that was more serving for me. And that's a very empowering understanding to have. You are not a victim of circumstance. You have the power to change your life. You have the power to influence a room of negative energy by being conscious of that energy and then choosing a better energy for yourself and watch how everyone's energy begins to change based on your own because you're the only one that's conscious of it in that example. So having that awareness is a game changer in the very small nuances in our life to these very big healing goals that we hold. The next law is the law of cause and effect. The law of cause and effect states that every action has a reaction, be it positive or negative. And I really love this law because it's proof for me that if I put in the work, there can be no other outcome than a positive outcome. There's something about that that brings me so much comfort. So to apply this law, it's important for you to understand that the law of cause and effect is all about awareness and intentionality, like so many of these other laws that I'm talking about. The key is to pause, and I talk often about the importance of practicing the pause, right? So the key is to pause and choose actions that support the life you wish to create for yourself. Being anchored in love and acting from a place of love will ensure the best possible outcome. So a really great example of this and how this law works is say that you want to lose some weight. You don't feel good. Maybe you're having health problems because of the weight. Whatever your reason is, let's just say for an example, you've decided you want to lose weight. So you're really clear, right, on what your goal is. But now you usher in the law of inspired action because you know now that just thinking about it and wishing for it isn't enough. You also have to combine that with inspired action. So you start taking inspired action and maybe you get up every morning and you decide you are going to walk four miles every morning and you're going to be more mindful about the foods that you're eating. That's the intentionality. And in doing this, the only possible way for this scenario to unfold for you, the only outcome is to see weight loss because you are taking inspired actions, you're clear on what you want, and you're doing the work and all of these inspired actions that you're taking are going to produce positive outcomes. Now, the same can be true when we are putting more negativity into our experience. If we are complaining all of the time about how horrible our life is, if we are constantly allowing ourselves to feel like we're the victim in every situation, if we are blaming every single other person and every single other experience outside of ourselves for the quality of our life, all of that energy you're putting into convincing yourself and others that your life isn't fair and that you don't have the same fair shot that everyone else does, that your cards were just dealt to you crappier than everyone else's and therefore you just don't have any hope. 
all of that talking, all of those thoughts like that are going to produce that type of energy in your life. You really do get in what you put out. So this law and applying this law is a call to intentionality. Before you act, asking yourself this question, is this serving the goals that I have for myself? And if the answer is no, the next question is, what is a better way of thinking or a better way of being actionable that will serve my goals? All right, moving right along here. The law of compensation. We've all heard that old saying, you reap what you sow. And it sums up precisely what the law of compensation is all about. Or in other words, it's your karmic bank. Your actions are more so the intention of your efforts dictate if your karmic bank is full or depleted. So how can you apply this law to your own life? A great tool that I use is a morning check-in. Every morning I do a check-in, which is a journaling practice where I ask myself how I can best serve others. This helps me to focus on building up my karmic bank to attract more positive experiences. Being of service isn't the only way you can fill your karmic bank. By concentrating on being a good person, being honest, doing right by others, showing up to the world authentic to your true self, and helping where and when you can, you guarantee that you will be rewarded through the law of compensation. Now, this doesn't mean we should just go around only doing good things for people because we are wanting it to bring good things for us because that really takes out the energy of service work. So it really should always be focused on how you can serve others and how that positively benefits you is a side note, but it shouldn't be the reason why. Does that make sense? I hope next the law of relativity. The law of relativity centers around the idea that everything is inherently neutral. Still, humans assign meaning to things through comparison and also based on our own experiences, perspectives, and thinking. This is the idea that there is truly nothing good or bad, that things just are, and it is our own perception that determines how we view this situation. The best way to really apply the law of relativity is to stay in your own lane. Avoid comparison with others, focus on your own goals, and avoid judgment of yourself and others based on comparison. Another way to work with this law is to ask yourself often, how can I see this differently? This opens the mind up to different perspectives. This is especially powerful when we are maybe at odds with somebody and we're having a hard time getting on the same page or even getting to a neutral place with someone or a compromise. So by asking yourself, how can I see this differently? It trains the mind to see different perspectives. The more that you ask yourself this in all different situations, how can I see things differently? The more that you build up these neural pathways, which means it becomes a habitual way of thinking after time. And it empowers you in the sense that you're able to see many different perspectives and have a really open mind. 
And this is especially beneficial in the times we're living in right now, where what we are seeing in the collective is such rigid thinking. We have seen this in such extremes in our collective that people have become really closed off to seeing different perspectives. We have to remember everybody listening, anybody listening, that our perception is based on our experiences and not everybody is having your experience. We have 7 billion, billion people on this planet simultaneously having their own experience while we all have a collective experience. There are 7 billion different experiences being had at the same time we're having this collective experience. Understand that your experience is not the definition of everybody else's and that your perspective on what's right or wrong is based off of that. We have to give space for people to have their own experience, form their own pers perspectives and express those perspectives. How boring would this world be if we all saw everything the exact same way and not only would it be boring, our species would literally not be able to progress. We need different perspectives. Let's stop shutting down to the idea of different ways of thinking. Start asking yourself often, how can I see things differently? And you will open the door to not only working with this law, but to compassion towards others, grounded thinking. And that is something we need desperately. Getting off my soapbox and I'm going to move on now, the law of polarity. This law could be called the law of contrast just as easily. It's the understanding that everything has an opposite. Think about good and evil, hung cold, sweet and sour. It's a reminder that there are that there are always two sides to the same coin. There are always two sides to the same coin. So how can you apply this law? Well, let me first ask, how does contrast bring you clarity? This can be especially powerful when trying to manifest. When you can identify what you don't like at, in any given situation or experience, you can use that information to define precisely what you want. There are positives and negatives ingrained into the fabrics of the universe. You can be intentional about where you choose to direct your energy. Are you problem focused or are you solution oriented? A really great example of this and how this may look. And I, I also use this every day in my morning check-in as well. I, I write at the top of the page, contrast clarity. And I think about the areas where I'm experiencing contrast. And I use that to clearly define what it is I do want. Okay. So right now, and I'll just share this with you, and it's probably why I used this example earlier, I am focused on, on weight loss. I've gone into menopause, I'm having hormone things happening, I've been living the life for the last year and eating the most delicious, rich foods, I've been traveling, I've just been doing the most, and in all this... And with these hormone changes, I've gained about 20 pounds that I just can't seem to get off of me. So I'm constantly feeling the contrast. I'm frustrated. My clothes aren't fitting me right. I'm frustrated when I see myself on camera and I see that little extra lingering under my chin. I'm frustrated when someone takes a picture of me from the wrong angle and 
I am not pleased with what I'm seeing in that image. So that's the contrast, right? I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed about this weight gain. I don't like it. I want it off. So being problem focused would be really wallowing in that. Oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so annoyed. Why can't I get this weight off? Which don't get me wrong. I fall into that. So I'm not saying I'm above these things, but I like to catch myself. In writing that out in my journal, what my journal says is I desire to weigh 130 pounds and be in the best health of my life. So the contrast shows me what I'm not wanting. I don't like how heavy I am. It's not what I desire for myself. So the next question is, cool, so what do I desire? Well, I desire to be this weight. I desire to have a toned body and I desire to be healthy. So I can focus on those desires rather than the problem. And with those desires, I can then say, cool, what inspired action can I take now to help support what I desire? That is what it looks like when we are focused on solutions instead of problems. So always asking yourself, okay, whenever you catch yourself complaining, cool, I've identified the problem now. What is this showing me I do want? Another example is, say you can't pay your bills right now. Say that you hate your job. Say that your job's not providing for you in the way that you need. And you find yourself, oh, I just can't get ahead. They don't pay enough. They're not paying a living wage. How can anyone get ahead with inflation? All of these things a lot of us are dealing with. So we understand the problem. The problem is we don't have enough money. Right, so we can ruminate in that, but it doesn't really get you anywhere. But if you use that to, to clarify what you do want, I've identified the problem, I don't have enough money. So what do I desire? I desire enough money to pay my bills. I desire enough money to live my life comfortably. So then you've identified the desire. Okay, so now you have a starting point. What inspired action am I going to take to support this desire? So that is how the law of polarity can be applied. The next law is one of my favorites. I've just somehow always had an understanding of this law even before I knew it was a universal law. There's just been something that I've just intuitively understood about this law. And that is the law of rhythm. The law of rhythm is about sacred cycles presented throughout the universe. For example, the four seasons, the 24-hour cycle of a day and night, or the 28-day cycle of the moon, which is mirrored to the female's menstrual cycle. I just, like I said, I've always had an understanding of this law, and sometime really early in my spiritual journey, I had a vision in regards to this law, and this, again was before I was even working with or even knew about these 12 universal laws. It was at the very, very beginning of my of my spiritual awakening and journey, I guess you could say. And I had a vision that pretty much explained a universal rhythm, how the soul incarnates. So we know about reincarnation on this physical level, but you might not realize that the actual soul has layers of reincarnation as well, or as far as what I was shown in this vision. And 
I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I'll just touch on what I, what I was shown. But I guess the best way to explain it is if there was a central sun, okay, a big ball of energy, that is source energy. But the way it was shown to me in my vision, it literally looked like a giant sun. And just like the sun has these explosions and shoots off, um, whatever it's shooting off, I don't really know, gases, plasmas, I don't know. But we've all seen those images of how explosive that sun is, right? And there's like volcanic stuff looks like it's spewing from the sun and all these things. So that was very similar to what I was shown as a representation of source energy. And as these explosions, I guess you could say, are happening, pieces of this plasma or energy, as I saw it, are coming off and separating from the source energy to some degree. So it is of source energy, but now it becomes a separate almost entity of its own. And that is the birth of a new soul. And then that soul has a whole experience in the non-physical and the physical where it chooses to reincarnate several times, many times, who knows how many times it's dependent on the soul journey to this earthly plane to experience certain things. And then eventually after time, that soul energy reunites with this central sun of source energy. And that's the best way I can really explain the vision. Um, but it really highlighted to me the fact that everything is being mirrored, right? It's, it's everything in this universe is being mirrored and everything we experience here is being mirrored to what is happening in the non-physical. So the non-physical and the physical are, are always like mirroring of each other. So it made sense to me that when we have these sacred cycles here, like I'm talking about this change of the seasons and, and even within the female menstrual cycle, we go through all four of those seasons energetically. And even in the course of our life, we will experience the energy of all four of those seasons energetically. And I've talked a lot more about that stuff in other podcasts. So I'm not going to get into sacred cycles here, but it is fascinating. So definitely go and browse through other podcast episodes where you will find more information about this. But it made perfect sense to me that, yes, okay, all of these things are mirroring what we're doing on a really deep soul level. So how can you best apply this law? The best way to apply this universal law is to work with the energy presented within the cycles of your life. For example, summer is usually the time to speed up, get out, socialize, and enjoy the beautiful weather outside, whereas winter is a time to slow down, reflect, and spend more time inside. And these are just examples. You know, it's also with the moon. The full moon is a good time energetically to release what's no longer serving you. And the new moon is a great time to begin calling in what you want to manifest. When we're talking about, again, the menstrual cycle of a woman and going through those four seasons, the time of menstruation is considered winter. This is a really good time to rest, slow down, despite what society tells us. Society is like, go about your day, pretend like it's not happening, toughen up, don't complain, ignore your body. I don't really agree with those things. And when we are living that way, we're not really living within the law of rhythm. Typically, that's a time in a woman's life to slow down. And it's really interesting. And I tell this story often, but in ancient times, 
when we still lived as human beings in villages and tribes, the entire village would rest during the time of the women's menstrual cycle. So most of you guys know that when women get together, their cycles tend to sink. And this was true in ancient times as well. The women's cycle in these small villages and tribes were um, in sync. And because rest is so important in bringing balance, that feminine energy to the masculine energy of go, go, go. And our ancestors understood that because they lived more closely to sacred cycle than we do now. We don't, in our society, do not live very close to sacred cycle anymore. But our ancient ancestors did and they understood the importance of it. So when the women would menstruate, it was a week of rest, not only for the women, but it was a signal for the entire tribe to slow down, to rest and to get reflective. So I just think that's really interesting. And that's an example of what I mean when I say we live within our cycles. Pay attention, be intentional. And you might notice that all of this comes back to intentionality. All right, so the next law is the law of gender. Now, the law of gender has literally nothing to do with actual males and females. It's about the divine feminine and the divine masculine energy that is everywhere in nature. We see it in flowers and plants. This energy is mirrored to us everywhere. Feminine energy is about flow, intuition, and rest, whereas masculine energy is about action, accomplishing, and logic. Together, these energies create perfect balance and harmony and are needed to create stability. So it's kind of what I was talking about with the cycles right now. If we are living, which a lot of us do in this society, constantly in our masculine and we're never taking time for rest, we're never slowing down, we're never being reflective, we're just pushing, go, go, go. Wow, that is the cause of a lot of health problems, heart problems, anxiety, stress, weight gain, hormone imbalance, and on and on and on I could go about how toxic it is to live in just the masculine energy. Now, by the same token, if we are only living in our feminine energy, there's no structure to our lives. Nothing's really getting done because we are not really setting goals. We're just kind of going with the flow constantly. We aren't setting goals. There's no action. We're just in this constant state of rest and flow, which also is equally unserving because it doesn't allow us space to create. And as human beings that are here with divine souls attached to us, creation is really one of the most important things we came here to do. And it's one of the things we enjoy doing the most. So if we're always in this divine feminine, we might be coming up with all these really great inspired ideas. But if we're not taking any action to bring that balance, that's all they are is ideas. And it's really difficult to move forward in the creation process. So to apply the law of gender in your life, reflect upon the divine feminine and masculine energies within yourself and take note of imbalances. If you're always on the go and constantly doing, this could mean you need to introduce more feminine energy by slowing down, taking time for self-care, and being less rigid and flowing more with your experiences. Less pushing, more allowing is the key here. Or... Do you find you maybe need more structure and movement? This could mean you're living in your feminine energy. 
Ideally, you want to balance action and flow, activity and rest, logic and intuition. They're both needed. When you are balancing these energies, you have the magic potion for creating your dream life and living your healthiest, most aligned life. So that concludes these laws. And I know this one went kind of long today, but there was a lot to cover. You can really go deep with these laws. Like I said, law of attraction is talked about everywhere. People write books entirely just on this one law. But for the sake of time, I could only really touch on these and give you guys just a short little synopsis of each. Hopefully you will save this podcast and revisit it so that it really sinks in and you're learning how to best apply these laws to your life. So I hope that this information helps to serve and support you. Understanding and applying these ancient laws to your life will help you manifest quickly, live in more balance, and enjoy the benefits of aligned living. I want to thank you guys so much for taking your time today to join me, and I love you all so very much.